From PRI, Public Radio International, welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani. My guest on Harmonia this hour is harpist Cheryl Ann Fulton, one of the foremost practitioners of historical harp, who joins me for a program featuring the soundtrack to her short documentary film, The Harps in the Trees, which tells the story of a musical pilgrimage to Scotland by her ensemble Angelorum. There they meet the luthier who made their harps and play music together in the very forest where the wood for their harps was gathered. We'll talk about the making of the film, Cheryl's unsung role in the founding of Indiana's Early Music Institute, our mutual mentor and teacher Tom Binkley, and Harmonia's theme music. Our featured release, which we'll hear throughout the program, is the soundtrack from The Harps in the Trees. Oh, oh, oh. 
En avril au temps pascour, a medieval French piece from the time of the Trouvères and Troubadours, from a CD by Ensemble Alcatraz called Danse Royale. My guest on Harmonia this hour is harpist Cheryl Ann Fulton, who joins us to tell the story of the musical pilgrimage to Scotland taken by her harp ensemble Angelorum, all documented in a beautiful short film called The Harps in the Trees. In Scotland, they meet the luthier who made their harps and venture into the misty Scottish forest to play music together for the trees that contributed the wood for their harps. The film actually came out of an honest-to-God vision that I had. It was the night of the 2016 election. I had just returned from Chappaqua, New York, from doing um, some concerts with my dear friend Mark Kramer, that is the hometown of Hillary Clinton, and he is a personal friend of the Clintons. And of course, during that week, we were all watching what was going on with the upcoming election, and we all felt fairly confident that Hillary was probably going to win. So I flew home on the Monday and was slightly jet-lagged, and then on the Tuesday, I uh, had a full day of work, and in the evening, I was getting ready to go to sleep, and I thought, well, I'll check in on the computer and see how the election is going. And I was shocked to find it was about 9, 9.30 in the evening that the uh, election wasn't going as many of us had thought. I'm sure a lot of us experienced this. It was felt rather surreal. And I sat down in the chair and was listening. And there were three states at that point who uh, were on the brink of going one way or the other. And in a very strange way, I found myself I wasn't sleeping or dreaming, but I saw myself in a room uh, or a vast space. It was kind of cloudy, and I was standing there in this amorphous space, and I was holding a match. And I looked to either side, and I saw my harp students, in particular the ones who were in my medieval harp choir called Angelorum, come up on either side of me and we were all standing in this gray misty place holding matches 
not candles, matches. And we, we actually had on hoods, sort of like monk-like figures. And I had no idea what that was. And I sort of came to and looked at the computer and the election had turned and Donald Trump was going to be president. I had no idea what that meant at the time. And I went upstairs and went to bed in double shock over that experience. And one thing after another started unfolding. When I woke up the next morning, I did have some idea that the matches represented music and light in some sort of darkness, you know, bringing some light into a situation. One thing started to follow another, and I received an invitation from the Edinburgh Harp Festival to perform and teach. And in Angelorum, most of us play harps that are made by Ardival Harps, and they're located in Strathpeffer in the Highlands of Scotland. And my former student and now wonderful historical harpist, Bill Taylor, is there and helps to design the harps. So we all decided that they would like to go as well and that after the festival we would go on up to Strathpeffer and visit Ardival Harps. So uh, the Edinburgh Festival was happy to have Angelorum perform. And then we had the idea, came to me one day in the lesson, I said, well, you know, if we're up there and we're visiting, we should take our harps out into the forest and we should play for the trees because that's where the wood came from that they make their harps from. And we all thought that would be a wonderful idea. And then one of my students came to another lesson and said, you know, we should film ourselves in the forest. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. Well, we have our iPhones and, you know, we could just take our iPhones out and do a little film. And so we thought we'd do that. So we told Art of All Harps we were coming and they were pleased to have us come. And they wrote to me and said, you know, it just so happens that a filmmaker who's from South Africa, but has been living in England, has just moved into the village. I think he's only been here a few months, but he's a professional videographer. So they visited him, and his name was Ezio Taranto, and they put me in touch with him. And all of a sudden, we were making a film. <laughs> he was happy to be the filmmaker, so then I got on board and did a fundraiser and raised all the necessary funds. And we made a fundraising video, which I made with Dan Drazen, who helped us in the beginning there. And we raised the money. Etsu and I worked on the script. And then we met up in Scotland and shot the film and then edited it back in the States. So it was quite a whirlwind from the conception of the film, or even say the, the vision on the election day, we finished the film in less than a year. I think we finished it in September of 2017. Harpist Cheryl Ann Fulton played an original composition entitled Adam's Friend from her CD The Once and Future Harp. That piece is also featured in Cheryl Ann Fulton's film, The Harp in the Trees, which documents the trip taken by Cheryl and her harp ensemble Angelorum to Scotland, where they played their harps in the forest, where the wood for their instruments was sourced. 
our message is about how we can have a profound connection with nature in a positive way. And in particular, as people loving early music and historical harps, how can we bring our love of that music, especially medieval music, and connect with nature? In the film, we keep the whole film positive about our journey, and there are shots of the Artival craft shop where it shows how he makes the harps. And it's all very positive about our connection. And I end the film with a quote from Mahatma Gandhi, which says that what we are doing to the forests of the world is a mirror reflection of what we are doing to ourselves. So normally, one might read that quote and have a, a rather negative idea, or, oh no, global warming, or, or feel a, a negative impact of that. My hope is that in the film, this shows a positive mirror reflection of how we can have a positive and beautiful connection. And I think that the film does accomplish that. The Chant for the Trees, music from the soundtrack of the short documentary film The Harps in the Trees, played by Cheryl Ann Fulton, my guest this hour on Harmonia, and her harp ensemble, Angelorum. And you can view the film through a link on Cheryl's website at www.cherylannfulton.com. The piece that we play in the forest is called Chant for the Trees, 
And that's a piece that I basically composed. It's very, very classic demode chant. The refrain was inspired from the piece Caritas by Hildegard von Bingen. It has a slight inspiration from that. It has a unique structure in that it starts out with a five-measure chant and then reduces down to four, three, two, one. So that's the sort of structure of that piece. There's also a piece by Hildegard Quia Ergo Femina, which I put into a five-beat pattern, and that is part of the music for the film. Quia Ergo Femina, a piece by 12th century abbess, writer, and composer Hildegard von Bingen, played by Angelorum from the documentary The Harps in the Trees. My guest this hour is Cheryl Ann Fulton, harpist and director of Angelorum. One of the distinctive elements of medieval music is the fact that the melodies are not based on our major or minor scales, but are based on slightly different scales called modes. Each mode has characteristic melodic patterns and gestures that each create a slightly different affect. There's a story about a day in the filming of the harps in the trees when the trees appeared to be expressing a modal preference. Ezio and I had decided that we would have a section of me in the forest, and when we went out to film that day, my original idea was that I would play something in... E mode or deuterus mode because somehow I thought that was going to be the mood that we wanted. So we went out to shoot the segment that's just of me and I was playing and 
It just wasn't happening. Emo just wasn't happening. <laughs> Didn't sound good. And I looked at Ezio, and the other things we'd been doing sounded good. And I said, something's just not right here. And I said, you know, let me just try something else. And I said, let me try G mode. So I started playing something in G mode, Tetrardis. And it was like a light bulb went on, really. The, it was like the trees lit up. It was such a fun moment because it was actually like the trees preferred G mode that day. Sounds a little crazy, but it really felt that way. And Ezio said, well, whatever you're doing, it sounds great. That evening, I went back to Art of All Harps, and I asked Bill Taylor, I said, Bill, do you by any chance have any original Scottish medieval chants from this region? He said, as a matter of fact, there are two, and both of them are dedicated to St. Columba from that region. So that evening, I was coming down the stairs from my room where I was staying, and I heard Bill in the harp room playing, and he was playing some of the almost exact G-mode phrases that I had been playing in the woods that day. I mean, G-mode can be formulaic, but there were some in particular that were exactly what I had been playing. I thought, wow, what's he playing? I walked in the room. I said, Bill, what are you playing? He said, well, I'm playing one of the St. Columba chants. It was a beautiful G-mode chant, very similar to what I had improvised in the forest. Thank you. 
a chant for St. Columba from the soundtrack to the short documentary film The Harps in the Trees, with music played by my guest Cheryl Ann Fulton and her harp ensemble Angelorum. The film documents the ensemble's journey to Scotland, where they went to the workshops of Artival Harps, where their harps were made, and then took their instruments into the forest to play for the trees from which the wood for their instruments had been sourced. We had to record all the music separately after returning back home to California, because obviously the sound quality of, in the forest wasn't good enough for the film itself. So we came back to California and I re-recorded the music with Dan Drazen, both some solo and then also with Angelorum, and that's what we used for the sound for the film. Music from the soundtrack of the short documentary film The Harps in the Trees, played by Cheryl Ann Fulton, my guest this hour on Harmonia, and her harp ensemble Angelorum. And you can view the film through a link on Cheryl's website at www.cherylannfulton.com. The film is dedicated to two musicians who deeply affected me in my life. The first was my friend Sri Karunamai, and she had just passed away in the winter of 2017. She was a really beautiful soul. She was the devotional singer at the Sri Aurobindo ashram in India. And she traveled for many years to California once or twice a year to teach students and give concerts. And she came to one of my concerts. It was a medieval music concert, and she just loved it. Uh, and we became very good friends. So her quote starts the film, the quote from her about humanity being a mirror reflection with the divine. And the main dedication for me is to my teacher, Thomas Binkley, who still to this day has 
profound effect on my musical life. I think of him all the time, and I'm so sad he passed away way too early. But studying with him profoundly shaped the whole direction of my life and my musical life. O Frondens, from the soundtrack of the documentary The Harp in the Trees, with music by Cheryl Ann Fulton and her harp ensemble Angelorum. We'll be back after a short break with Cheryl and more stories about her teacher Tom Binkley, something we have in common as we were both Binkley students, and some music for triple harp. Our playlists, podcasts, and archived episodes are online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. You can follow our Facebook page and our updates on Twitter by searching for Harmonia Early Music. Harmonia is a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, fostering the performance, scholarship, and community of early music on the web at earlymusicamerica.org. I'm Angela Mariani, and this is PRI, Public Radio International. Welcome back. Harpist Cheryl Ann Fulton is my guest on this edition of Harmonia. Earlier in the program, we mentioned Thomas Binkley, who was an important teacher and mentor for both Cheryl and myself at different times in our musical lives. The way I came to meet Thomas Binkley or discovered him was through my friend and dear colleague Roy Weldon. We were at Indiana University. I was studying pedal harp with Peter Eagle. Uh, my undergraduate degree, and Roy was doing his master's in music theory. And we were both playing with John and Susie Howell in the early music group that was there at the time. 
And one day, Roy dropped the needle down on an LP, and it was the lute prelude to a Truvere song. I listened for about 10 seconds, and I looked at Roy and I said, who is that? That's my teacher. I knew that's my teacher. Who is it? So he said, well, it's Thomas Binkley, and I just found this recording, and I found out that he's teaching at Stanford. So that semester, we were working with Alan Harler at Indiana, who was the head of the choral department, and we were doing a concert of Dufay and working with him, and both of us were graduating And we decided we were just going to get in my car and drive out to California, find Thomas Binkley, and study with him however we could. So at that same time, the um, School of Music decided they were disbanding the group John Howell was leading. So I still can't believe I did this, but I, I did. I was a undergraduate harp major, and... Alan Harler said, well, how about if you come in with me to see Dean Webb and tell him what you think about this Thomas Binkley you're going to study with? Meanwhile, I haven't met the man yet. So I went in to see Dean Webb with Alan Harler, Professor Harler, and I said, well, Dean Webb, you know, I've loved being here and it's been wonderful. And now I'm, I know you're not having early music. And I'm on my way to study with a man named Thomas Binkley. This school doesn't really need early music. 
this is an opera school. It's mostly about opera. You really don't need early music. But if you want to have the best early music department in the whole United States and maybe in the world, you should hire this man, Thomas Binkley. He said, oh, well, that's interesting. And I said, Roy Weldon and I are going out to study with him. He's now at Stanford. left. Roy and I got in my car and left and we went out to study with Binkley. We showed up at his doorstep at Stanford and they let us into the class because they needed players. So we enrolled in his course and began playing in the ensemble with him. And in the beginning, you know, he was quite a formidable person. You didn't want to disappoint him or, <laughs> or anything. And he was a little bit scary sometimes. Later, when I knew him better, he wasn't. But in the beginning, he was intimidating. So one day in class, he said, uh, Cheryl, would you stay after class? I want to speak to you. And I thought, oh, no. I stayed after class. And he said, didn't you come from Indiana? And I said, yes. He said, you were at the School of Music there? Yes, Mr. Binkley. You know, I just got a call from them. Oh, I said, did you by any chance have anything to do with this? And I said, um... I mentioned you to the dean before I left. And he said, well, they're asking me to come out and interview for a job. And I said, oh, really? He said, and he said, you know, I'm really not interested in this. I have land up in Cobb and I really want to go and raise goats and have a garden and raise my daughters. And he said, I'm not really interested. And I said, well, Mr. Binkley, they're really great players there. I mean, it's a great music school. It's the, the Juilliard of the Midwest. I said, maybe you know, you should at least go and check it out. I think you'd love it. So he did, and and the rest is history.
Harpist Cheryl Ann Fulton played the Lamento di Tristano and La Rota from her CD, The Once and Future Harp. Cheryl is my guest on Harmonia this week, and we've been reminiscing a bit about her teacher and mine, Thomas Binkley. One day I walked into Mr. Binkley's office, and he was busy, and I gave him whatever work it was I had done for him, and he turned and he said to me, So, what do you think of Law's harp consorts? And I stood there, and I, I thought, I've never heard of Law's Harp Consorts, but of course I'm not going to say that. So I looked at him and I said, I'll tell you in a couple of days. So I took a couple of days and I decided I better find out what this is. So I started researching, found out about William Law's and discovered something called a triple harp. And at that point, there was speculation that in the Law's Harp Consorts, which are scored for violin viola da gamba, bass viol, theorbo, and in the manuscripts it says harp, H-A-R-P-E. And the Law's harp consorts are very chromatic, so what harp was being used was very much in question. This was 1980. So I came back to Mr. Bacon and I said, well, from what I can tell, I think that these pieces were performed on something called a triple harp. And he said, oh, I've never heard of that. And I said, yeah, I haven't either. He said, well, you need to find out about it and go get one. And I said, okay. So I called my teacher, Jane Widensall, and I said, Jane, have you ever heard of triple harp? And she said, no, but you know, I think my friend Ann Griffiths uh, in Wales, I think she has some and she knows about it. I'll call her. So she contacted Anne, and that spring I was on my way to Wales. I visited Anne Griffiths, and she sold to me her Bassett Jones original triple harp made in 1850. And I brought that harp back to Indiana, and the first project we did was recording the Law's harp consorts. At the time, Stanley Ritchie and Elizabeth Wright had joined the faculty, and we were all so thrilled and excited to have them. So it was a great honor to be able to work with Stanley, and he was so generous and kind to record with us. It was a wonderful experience.
We heard William Law's Harp Consort in G Major, played by Cheryl Ann Fulton, Triple Harp, Robert Grossman, Theorbo, Stanley Ritchie, Baroque Violin, and Roy Weldon, Bass Viol. That's from a 1983 recording on the Indiana University Early Music Institute's Focus label. Those of you who listen to Harmonia regularly may or may not realize that you hear Cheryl Ann Fulton at the beginning of every Harmonia program in the harp flourish that begins our theme music, which was recorded by Ensemble Alcatraz. I just love that you use that music for your theme music, especially because it's actually half recreated the piece that you play is from the Ensemble Alcatraz recording Danse Royale, and the performers of the piece are myself on harp, Roy Weldon on viol, and Peter Mond on percussion. And it's the prime estampille from the Paris manuscript 844, which contains the group of estampilles from the Middle Ages. So it so happens that the prime or first number one estampille, the page on which it was notated, must have had a very beautiful, probably gold embossed illumination. And someone loved it so much that they ripped it out of the manuscript. And as a result, we do not have the first melody of that piece. So Roy and I recreated slash composed that beginning of the piece. So that's what you actually hear (laughs) for the theme music. Harpist Cheryl Ann Fulton has been my guest on Harmonia this week. More music, stories, history, recordings, and other information about the world of early music can be found on our Harmonia Early Music podcasts, online at harmoniaearlymusic.org and through iTunes. You're listening to Harmonia from PRI Public Radio International. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any part of this program or about early music in general. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writer for this edition of Harmonia was Angela Mariani. Special thanks this week to Cheryl Ann Fulton and to engineer Daniel Drazen. Thanks also to our studio engineer, Michael Pashkash, and our staff, Janelle Davis and Luann Johnson. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Elizabeth Clark, our executive producer is John Bailey, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. R.I. Public Radio International.